Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 30 of the Your Say podcast. A little bit different today. We've got Nikki MIA missing in action. Um, so my guest is Ada. You're on the line. Ada, how are you? Hi. Hi, Becky. Hi, everyone. We've taken over the podcast <laughs> and we've kicked Nikki out. So I, I have to ask watch Ada, out. are you sure she's not tucked up at your apartment there in Sydney? Because I was, I must admit, <laughs> there was a little part of me that was thinking she was going to have broken out by now. You know what? I'm not going to answer that question. I'm going to plead the fifth. <laughs> the fifth amendment for people that don't understand is any kind of, uh, you know, facts that uh, will incriminate me will not be shared. Thank you very much. Well, for those, I think most people know, but for those that don't, um, she's on a meditation retreat for 10 days. She's doing a silent retreat with Vipassana yeah. and it's 10 days. It's technology free. And she would be up to about day seven or six by the time this airs. So, yes, I'm. You know, I was expecting her not to last this long, but she's still there. I still have not received the phone call to say, come pick me up. So, uh, we're very proud of her. Very, very proud of her. We, we shall miss to... her today. Absolutely, absolutely. But hey, we're taking over, Becky. We do. We've gone rogue. <laughs> We've we've we got have. we've got the controls, so yeah. Well, housekeeping was um, Nikki is not here, so we don't. It's going to be so interesting to see what her hair looks like, whether she's going to be, she's going to have to kind of um, come back into society slowly. I think. Well, you're going to be picking her up, so um, yeah. I think there's going to be a certain amount of hair smell um, <laughs> and. Whatnot, but we will love and accept her exactly as she is, no judgment whatsoever. And uh, she will no doubt be a more enlightened soul than what we are experiencing at the moment. Oh, 100%. I mean, hats off to her for doing it. If it was me picking her up, I think I'd rock up with um, a Coke and some hot chips. <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> like two of her favorite things. <laughs> That's actually a fantastic idea. If anyone has any ideas what I should rock up with, please hit us up on the Instagram. Yes. Yeah, at your say podcast and let us know what I should go see Nikki with. hundred percent. Now, Ada, you've actually done a silent retreat, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. So I've actually done a number of silent retreats, not, not one as intensive as what Nikki is doing. Um, my silent retreats that I've done have been over three days um, and they're with the Brahma Kumaris, which is a, a centre for spiritual growth. Uh, they're local, located all over the world. Um, and the silent retreats I've done are more so facilitated um, and they encourage you to journal, um, you can read. Um, they also encourage you to leave your technology behind or with them for the weekend, um, but you don't have to. Um, and it's a really, really intense and beautiful deep dive into your mind. Um, and I think one of the biggest lessons that I take away from doing any kind of silence uh, sitting is that the mind is like a child mm. and it needs to be stimulated all the time. Um, when you take that stimulation away, uh, you observe the thoughts that are coming up and a lot of the thoughts that were coming up for me, we were encouraged to also make sure that we pay attention to those, to those thoughts 
because that's what you're needing to process so in your it would, time and life at that moment. So are you saying it would bring up things that maybe you've suppressed or that you haven't dealt with? Is that is that the point? Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, we have so many distractions every day, you know, distracted by phone, distracted by people, distracted by family and kids and mm. school and, you know, but it's not until you stop. And Nikki talks a lot about stopping. Um, you stop, put the technology away, put everything away, take deep breaths and really pay attention to what's coming up in your thought process. You know, okay. a lot of the, a lot of time people find it hard to fall asleep because their mind's going, right? Mm. And so, so that is the moment where wherever your mind's going, you, you're, you want to focus on sleep, but your mind's elsewhere. Gosh, we've all had that. When you, and we've especially all had it's that. worse at night, isn't it? Or if you wake up, it's a lot worse. So you've done it for three days. See, even the thought of that, I'm just, I'm one for, I love um, meditations and I love walking and that type of quiet. I don't know how I'd go with absolute silence, not being mm. able to speak at all. Did, yeah. did things come up for you? Did uncomfortable things come up for you while you were doing this? Uh, not so much uncomfortable. What, what happens for me when I go into a deep meditation like that or, um, you know, a, a practice where I'm not talking, I'm not communicating verbally, um, it, a lot of recent things will come up. Like if I'm dating and I've, I've, you know, I've got some really tough issues coming up with the people I'm dating that will, that will surface. Mm. Um, and then I'll journal about that. Um, the last silent retreat I did, I I wrote letters to the to the people that were coming up to me, and that was quite. Um, it, it actually felt really good to do that. It, it was a nice release. Well, it's funny you say because Nikki does. She does talk a lot about stopping. She also talks a lot about journaling. And yeah. before she left, she was like, "I've got you something." I was hoping it was a bag of the orange crunchy chocolate balls that we normally have on a Wednesday, <laughs> but it wasn't. It was a journal and a pen. Yeah. And I was like, oh, because I've never done it. I've never done it. Anyway, I took my journal and um, I did. I haven't done it every day. I just get to the end of the day and go, oh, God, I haven't done it. But um, I've done a few days. And uh, do you know what it's done for me? It's really highlighted that gratitude. You know how people talk about gratitude mm. and you should try and be grateful, which, you know, we all try to be. I think mm. actually writing stuff down, it yep. does kind of clarify what you are grateful for. Or think just things that went well for me. It was just like, yeah, I got this done. I got that done, you know. Um, I found it Absolutely. quite positive, I must admit. I was a bit of a yeah. pessimist. So you've never journaled in your life. Did you journal as a teenager or have a diary? Not really. No, not um, anything. No, I didn't. I thought it's funny, actually. I thought about it. It's really funny because I love stationery. I'm a bit of a stationery freak, you know, like. Yeah, same. I love a bit of office works, a bit of office same. works porn. <laughs> yeah, I'm all over it. That's great. Uh, what it, about your girls? Do they journal? Do you know if they do? or They've all done the same as me. So they like the pretty books. I think yeah. one of mine was into bullet point journaling, um, oh. but not not religiously, no. So, wow, interesting. I love journaling. I actually found some journals from when I was in my early 20s and teens that I had put away. Um, and I recently, when I was at my parents' house, I found them in a box. And I was like, oh, do I throw them? Do I keep them? And I started reading through them. And I was all about, you know, the stories I told last time I was on 
um, you know, about having the gym crush and yes. whatnot. You know, I and episode 26 for people who haven't heard that yet, go back and have a listen. Absolutely. Um, it's my coming out story and it's very interesting. But, you know, some of those stories in those journals and I was like, wow, it just took me back to that point, you know. But I guess, you know, I'd really love to know if people keep their old journals or if they throw them, you know, because I'm, you know, torn as to what I should do with mine. And oh, you'd have to keep them. You never know, you Ada. Think? You might have that Pamela Anderson-style documentary come out on Netflix, you know, oh. <laughs> 20 years' time and you can get them all out like she did. She kept every single one. Quite fascinating. Wow. Yeah, that's Actually, I just remember I did write one when I had postnatal depression mm. and I remember my um, partner read it, yeah, and um, that didn't they go did. down well. He did, yeah, oh, he read no. it, he found it and read it and, um, yeah, that was the last time I journaled until now. Oh. Much See, more okay, positive so experience you, now. <laughs> there you go. You're traumatised by journaling. That's it. <laughs> Becky, we just touched the feeling under the feeling. There you, know, you go. A, a lot of psychological and mental health practices talk about that. They talk about the feeling under the feeling, and there it is right there. Yeah, just Ladies and it. gentlemen, you I'll have. Put that in my journal. All right, mm. gosh. So, Ada, let's go back because you were on um, the podcast on the 20th of April. You were episode 26. Mm. and it was our biggest episode you went straight to the top of the chart yeah <laughs> and we've had so much feedback from that yeah so much feedback thank you everyone for listening like really really appreciate that and you know Nikki and Becky thank you again for having me on um I've never been and, and if, if you haven't listened to it it's my coming out story uh it's a, a quick recap is a it's a story about how I didn't know what gay was until I was 20. um you know I speak about my upbringing I speak about being Armenian um and I touch on uh some of the relationships I had um mm. during that time but since the podcast aired, I've had so much feedback, Becky. Like it's just been quite overwhelming um, and quite beautiful to hear everyone's experience um, of listening to my story. There's been a lot of feedback on the socials. And I think I, Nikki and I spoke about it. We were really um, proud of that episode, proud of you, proud of your story. And because and, it, it, there's a lot of bravery behind that airing a story like that. Um, the beauty of it is that it's helped other people. And did you did you get some comfort from sharing it, or were you oh, nervous absolutely. about it going out? Or look, you... I wasn't I wasn't nervous about talking to you both. Um, I didn't uh, realize the magnitude of it until after <laughs> after I had <laughs> I had done it um, because you know the. I did, I shared it on my own socials. I shared it with some close friends. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of my extended family would not have known about that story. Mm. Um, uh, uh, you know, my cousin messaged me right away. You know, she, she was one of the first actually she messaged and called, um, and we spoke and she said, you know what? She goes, I had no idea of your story. She goes, but I can exactly imagine your dad, his facial expressions, your mom, her reaction, you know, because her, she's cousin, she's a cousin to me through her father, um, my father and her father are brothers. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, she, 
really understood the type of person or the type of the family that I've grown up in mm. and also understands the acceptance and the love um, that I've grown up in, you know, yeah. that regardless of how, what decisions I've made in my life and even if they didn't agree with it or, you know, what they haven't agreed with how, what choices I've made in my life, there's still the love is still there. You know, the acceptance is still there. And tell me about people that have um, messaged you that have been in similar situations. I, I know there was a lady that messaged on Facebook that was from a similar religious um, upbringing and she was just so pleased that we were talking about it, that you'd shared your story and, and how helpful it was to her. Yeah, yeah that was beautiful actually. Um, you know, a lot of Armenians have messaged um, and Armenians who are similar age group to me, um, who would have grown up in similar circumstances and situations, who um, now have daughters who are in their early 20s who are experiencing the same, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the coming out stories and and whatnot and and there is a couple that i met recently who are who are gay and armenian one of them's armenian her partner is not um and her mother came to me and was was so open and thankful and and so appreciative that someone else in the community uh, was being open in the community you know mm. i was at a wedding recently and you know the girls were there and just it was just so beautiful to see uh, and we there, I've never gone to weddings where there have been same-sex couples at them you know yeah never and for these girls to be brave enough to be there and enjoy themselves and um you know be open about their relationship was just so touching and so touching and I just wanted to you know, put my arms around them and just, you know, cheer cheer them on and, and dance with them and have a really good time, as we should, you know. We shouldn't ever have to be felt like we can't do that. Absolutely. I think it's so refreshing. And there's been a few um, subjects we've talked about on the podcast that have changed my household. You know, as you know, I've got four daughters. And the conversations we had around that episode alone, I know if they ever felt that they needed to tell me they they were gay they would they I know that just after a few days of us covering that topic and having the conversations talking about even you know how popular it was and the messages yeah they are comfortable talking we're all comfortable talking about it we're all you know we all know where we stand but before yeah. I thought about it we hadn't really had the con the big conversations around it mm. what would happen you know my girls are aged six to um, almost 18 so it's so yeah. relevant to everyone whether you're a parent or a friend a cousin as you say or a mother you know so relevant so relevant and it's the the lack of negative talk Mm -hmm. around people that are different yeah you know because that negative talk is what's going to stop people from opening up mm. and it was the same for me you know um there there's certain oh, language is so important you know you, you yeah. can't the, nikki was speaking about how um her, her son and their friends use the term gay mm. to describe things you know and that's it's not going to help anyone come out if the negative talk is there you know, so it's lovely that you're having that conversation, that it allowed you to have that conversation in your household um, and to be open about it. 
Yeah, that's right. And you know what? There's so many situations. I, I always talk to Nikki about being judgy and how contradictory we can be. But even down to when she was talking about Vipassana and, and going mm. away, I kind of take the mickey a bit. You know, mm. like, oh, you'll never be able to do it. You have to sit on your hands. And you don't realize till afterwards, you kind of think, oh, that's not really, that's not really very supportive, Becky. You know, you, yeah. could, you could, your language could be a bit more supportive because it would be hard for somebody like Nikki. Like, she's so brave to do it. I, I don't think I could do it. But, um, and I did have a think to myself about that language around it, you know, that, yeah, it's, it's all right to be funny, but yeah, sometimes it's detrimental. It's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and that that's right. You you that's growth already for you. Mm. You know, uh, understanding your language and where you're using it and your judgment can really have an effect. It has a flow on effect. Yeah, a hundred percent. All right, housekeeping from your episode because, as I say, it's the biggest one so far, um, the most feedback we've ever had. Um, and it really, it felt like it was just the best episode we've ever done. So we're going to do some housekeeping on it, Ada. Yeah. You mentioned some relationships that you've had um, since, you know, realising that you were gay. Come on, tell us a bit, where are they now, you know? Yeah, well, the relationships were, you know, as we spoke in that episode, were really pivotal to shape the person I am today mm. um, and it's really interesting when I look back on the relationships and where um, where they've ended up you know because I'm, I'm sure that I would have touched their them somehow to, mm. to shape the people they are as well um, the very first girlfriend that I had who was American she actually lives in Philadelphia um, she dated after me um and I believe she dated another girl after me but is now with a man and they just had their first child so she her and I communicate every now and then she's still in the states um I haven't seen her for over 20 years 25 years so but every now and then we still chat um and she's a beautiful person you know and her baby's really really cute so she had, you were her first girlfriend and then she went on to have another girlfriend, did you say? Yeah, I believe she had one more after me, okay. um, which I don't think, I don't think lasted very long, but I know that she was keen to, you know, uh, get, I believe, get married to a man and have a child. So that's the direction she took. And can you tell me, is she religious? She's, her background's Jewish, actually. Okay. But her family was very open um, with her sexuality um, as her twin was also gay, is gay. Yeah, that's um, common in families, isn't it, that mm. you, you often have uh, more than one sibling in a family who's gay. Yeah, yeah, it is common. It is common. I, I don't know the stats around it. Neither um, do I. And so, it doesn't exist. Does it exist in my my, my distant cousin, uh, he's my second or third cousin, is gay. Mm-hmm. Um and he lives in regional Victoria with his uh, husband and beautiful daughter. Um, but I don't know anyone else. Okay. Um, and if they are, you know, they, they, they'd be more than comfortable to come out to me and I'd, I'd embrace it with open arms. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, um, my first girlfriend's twin uh, also just had a child with her partner. So her girlfriend. Um, yeah. 
And so that's, you know, they're, they're, they're having a beautiful um, experience of life at the moment, which is lovely, lovely family, to see. Family experience. Mm. Okay. And you, the girl you had a crush on. Oh, the girl I had a crush on yeah. at the gym. Yeah. Oh, Tell us, spill gosh. the tea. What happened there? You in touch? She's great. <laughs> She's so great. Um, we're, we're not really in touch. You know, on Facebook, you're in touch with a lot of people and you yeah. kind of know what's going on in their lives, but you don't. Yeah. Um, it's social media. She's living in Canberra. She's actually got three kids. She's married to a woman. Um, and, you know, it looks like she's having a great life. Um, we continued a friendship for a couple of years uh, after that, um, or maybe a bit longer. We had a mutual friend. Uh, it was the three of us. And then that mutual friend moved overseas. So it kind of dissipated a little bit um but you know I have nothing but love for her like she's a beautiful person I don't really have any exes that I don't communicate with except for one gosh that's Um, very good yeah that that's um very healthy isn't it when mm, when it ends and you can still be friends yeah we can yeah you you know to an extent to Mm. an extent um there's the one that is that I had a seven-year relationship with Mm um we we don't really text often at all actually actually no we don't text at all <laughs> but I did message her and told her about the podcast um and she messaged back which was lovely but you know she's got her own life she's married to a woman she's got a child as well um she, she that was the relationship that we were talking about having kids together um mm. you know that was something that she always wanted to do that was innately within her to experience pregnancy and have a child and have a family. And, um, you know, the day she told me that she was pregnant, I was in, like, I was in tears for her. I was so happy for her and so overjoyed because I knew how much, how important that was to her. Happy tears. Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. And come on, spill the tea on dating now, Ada. What's what's going on with you? Because <laughs> I can't spill any tea here because I'm in a relationship, so it's always really boring with me. Nikki's always got the stories, so you're going to have to fill those boots today. Yeah, look, I can spill the tea. This, this <laughs> is really interesting. Like I've spent, like I mentioned in the podcast, I um, have been single now for about four and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, uh, I've been living in my own apartment now for about two and a half years. And so I've gone through a couple of situationships. Situationships. Um, I love that term. Yeah, situationships. (laughs) And they're just, it's good but frustrating at the same time, you know. Mm. Um, And those situationships have really made me, develop my speaking up skills yeah you know those skills don't um develop unless you have situations where you you can use them Mm. um and so you know the most recent one I had the courage to tell the person that you know that I'm really into them and I'm feeling something here and you know are you feeling the same and you know that was a really tough conversation for me Mm. um and it took a lot of courage for me to speak up um and you know they weren't feeling the same and and that was okay and I appreciated the honesty um and it was hard it was difficult there were tears of course that is a brave thing to do if you if you don't know how the other person's feeling that's a really hard thing to gauge yeah yeah exactly but how are you ever going to know unless you speak up 
That's right. In for a penny, in for a pound, I say. If you That's don't, it. I love it. If you don't ask, you don't get. <laughs> if you don't ask, you don't get. Exactly right, <laughs> Becky. Exactly right. And, you know, my friend told me something when I was confiding in her about what I was going through. Um, and she said something really pivotal that has always stuck with me. She said, the universe rewards courage. That's absolutely true. I've always believed fortune follows the brave, mm. which is a bit like me today, Ada, recording without my sidekick. I believe, you know what, you're doing great. <laughs> you are doing great, Becky. Uh, you know, Nikki needs to watch out. <laughs> well, what is it they say? It's that part, isn't it, of growth. When you feel that little bit of fear, it's when you feel the wobble, you know you've got to go for it because you're in you're in that territory where if you don't, you're self-sabotaging. So that's one yeah. thing I've learned. That's it, exactly. Yes. And so I think for me with dating uh, more recently, I've decided to – I actually came across a quote in my phone um, and the quote comes up every year because I have the, the time hop reminder that gives me memories every, every day. Mm -hmm. And I'll read you the quote. It's by Atticus. Uh, it says, never go in search of love, go in search of life. And life will seek – Sorry, and life will find you the love you seek. Oh, I love and that. And so isn't it great? And so I've kind of made a decision in the last couple of months to just do life. Mm. Um, and that to me meant putting down some goals that I wanted to have always wanted to achieve this year. Um, and one of them was to do a, a long trek, a long hike, 20 or 30 kilometer hike. Um now, I haven't signed up to a long hike, uh, but I did sign up to do a high altitude trek. Gosh, where's that? Where are you doing that? I'm doing that in July and I'm doing it on Mount Ararat, which is in Armenia. Oh, fantastic. I'm going with a group from here, from Sydney, um, and we've been training our butts off. Um, and, you know, I've just been focused on doing life right now. Yeah, just doing you. That sounds brilliant. You'll have to keep us posted with that trek. Yeah, I will. I will. Awesome. I'm hopefully documenting a lot of it. Um, you know, it's scary. It's scaring me knowing that I'm not going to be able to breathe on a mountain properly, um, that, you know, the, the walks are going to be quite challenging. They're mm. going to be five to six hours a day. Um, on the summit, we're going to be faced with minus 12 degrees temperatures and snow and you know, that's a six to seven hour hike on the summit day. So and real so, test, uh, testing yourself. Gosh, that's a real um, test for your mind and your body, isn't it? Yeah, what absolutely. Absolutely. And so now I can move from focusing on finding love and being so caught up in that pursuit to just doing life, you know, and enjoying that process mm. enjoying what it has to offer me well they do say love often comes you know when you're not looking for it doesn't it mm. you know sometimes yeah. it comes at the um yeah at a time when you're not expecting it yeah exactly right okay so we did ask the listeners for questions i've got a couple here are you game ada you ready to answer them yeah oh gosh okay yeah let's go let's go i'm ready <laughs> all right <laughs> the first one is what has been your proudest moment so far oh that's a good one mm. 
Look, looking back on my life, uh, it's been a long life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, there was one, there was a moment, there's been a couple that's popping into my, into my head right away. Mm-hmm. Um, scoring the winning try uh, in my touch footy game, in my last touch footy game in year 12 when I went to Skeggs Redlands. <laughs> oh, wow. Glory so days. We were, let me explain the game for all you sporting enthusiasts, okay? <laughs> we were in the finals um, and we were playing against another girls. A girls it's a girl, it was a girls' touch footy. Uh-huh. Um, and we we're in the finals and we we're playing against the team that we had not won against in the past. And... It was draw, the the score was something like 3-3 and it was coming to the end of the game. And in my head, I went, okay, I'm going to get this ball and I'm going to score a touchdown. (laughs) Touchdown. (laughs) I tried. I'm going to score a try. So I got the ball. I ran straight to the player, you know, sidestepped around them, got through and I I put the um, ball behind the try line and we won. We won the finals because of that. I was so proud of that moment. Oh, I can picture okay. that in my head. That's like a film. That's a story for Round My Barrel with a beer, that one. Oh, yeah? Okay. <laughs> Done. Next time I'm up there, we, I'll have other stories for 100%. you. 100%. I was really proud of that moment. Um, but the other proud moment was, I th- um, especially, sorry, the other proud moment <laughs> was when I graduated um, university. Yeah. Um, I was the first in my family to do so. And not only my immediate family, but my extended family. Gosh. And my, my dad is one of five brothers. So you can imagine he's the yes. uh, fourth one in line. Um, and so in amongst all of those cousins, I was the first to graduate and I graduated with a Bachelor of Business in Marketing. Um, I was really proud of that. I was really, really proud of that moment. Yeah, that's, that's an awesome moment to be proud of. Yeah, you should mm. be. That's fantastic. Yeah. Do you have any proud moments, Becky? Oh, proud moments. Yes. Um, my children. Oh, that's a bit cliched, but everyone says that. You no, know. that's great. Your kids. Um, yeah, it was when my daughter graduated from high school, that was a proud moment. You don't realise how Fantastic. quick it goes. And um, mm. all of a sudden, I think as well after marriage breakdown and, and stuff like that. I Plus, I remember I went to the actual um, service on the day and – a friend of mine who I'd normally go to those things with because I don't like those things. You know, I don't mind saying I don't like those things at school when you have to go, <laughs> especially when you, you've had a marriage breakdown and stuff. But I sat on my own. I actually sat on my own at this and, and was fine. Mm. That was a proud moment as well. I thought it's taken yeah. years, but I can sit here on my own. I don't need the the other mums. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I can just imagine. I can just imagine because you don't want to have conversations about, certain things with those people you don't trust them is this is that am I on the right track yeah I think there's um I think what I did was I isolated myself because I had a divorce I kind of took myself away Mm. and isolated myself a little bit and I think probably avoided that type of situation and I think it was coming to a point in my life where I thought I'm good I've done the work I'm good I can be anywhere and you know yeah, I don't mind being here with you all. Um, yeah, which, you had a, you had your strength back. You yeah, I kind strength. of built myself back up, and and because obviously it just shows how um, 
deflated I was when I did split with the, the judgment and everything because there is still judgment around that, especially in certain yeah. schools. So, yeah. Yeah, of course, you know, of course. There's so much judgment on ourselves as well, you know. I, I'm sure the judgment you felt on yourself being in that situation, you know, thinking about what others could be thinking of you. A hundred percent. I think it's that element that you failed. You failed at something. And I'm mm. not um, – my kids go to a Christian school, but I'm not religious. So I didn't fit. And it was another um, bracket I didn't, or another box I didn't tick. So I Mm. I wasn't married anymore. Tick. Um, I Mm -hmm. wasn't religious. Tick. Yeah. Almost felt like Mm. I was going to be blackballed, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not to be confused with blue balls. (laughs) (laughs) I had to go there. I had to. That was in Nikki's, you know, in Nikki's absence. That's exactly probably what she would. Yeah, say. absolutely. So there were times <laughs> like that. I think as well when I bought um, just things that when I divorced, I think buying the first house after that, buying my first car after that, because it was quite a financially controlled relationship I was in. So those moments, they were always big moments for me, and I thought, yes, you know, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> Good, fantastic, and so, you're thriving. Absolutely. Look at me. Look at me go on this podcast. I love it. Yeah, come on. Okay, second question from a listener, Ada, is, and it's um very succinct, how do you fill your cup? Ooh, I love that one. Mm. I love that one. Well, I usually get a... Um, a cup from the cupboard, I get a drink from the fridge and I fill it up. <laughs> and what would that drink be? What would that drink be, Ada? Usually usually it's water, um, but, um, you know, I'm partial to a Coke Zero as well. Um, and if it was an alcoholic beverage, you know, I'm I'm leaning towards a vodka, a mixer, a vodka, oh. seltzer or a... Um, uh, you know, a Hennessy with ginger beer or See, so classy Malibu and pineapple or a, a straight scotch, which is very lesbian of me. But so. very classy. Can I, I'm just into jail, just digress everyone. I'm sorry about this, but there was a photo <laughs> of me. Um, some might know, some might not, but our, our kids had their formal, their grade 12 formal the other week. And so everyone's mm. all dolled up. And again, you know, this is me judging myself harshly, but everyone's all dressed up. And there's a picture of me with my girls. They look beautiful. And I've got a mm. bottle of beer in my hand. And I just look at it and I go, oh. I just remember my dad saying to me, well, that's not very elegant, is it? And um, <laughs> and a friend commented. I got a comment on Facebook going, ha, ha, the beer. <laughs> Becky, like, oh. we can Photoshop that out these days. Yeah. That's easy to do. Okay, well, if you know how to do it, can you go on? I want my double chin gone and the beer erased, please. Anyway, I digress. So go back. Your cup. How do you fill your cup? Come on. My understanding of this question is, you know, what do you do that lifts you? Yeah. What do you do that makes you feel good about yourself? Yeah. Um, And what do you do to recharge, you know? Um, for me, my love languages at the moment are quality time and physical touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what fills my cup is quality time, conversations, connecting. Um, you know, I, I crave deep and meaningful um, chats. You know, I, I absolutely love that. It makes me feel elevated and feel good. Um, I also have been 
lately I've been really um, drawn to words of affirmation as well. Mm. It, you know, because I don't have a partner, I don't hear, you know, you're beautiful or you look great or, you know, your hair is awesome today and your eyebrows are fantastic. You know, mm. I so when I do hear it, it really lifts me, you yeah. know. And so I really encourage people to do that more often, you know. Um, if you see someone that has a fantastic outfit and, you know, you're at the shops, go tell them, you know, because that's really going to lift someone and, and fill their cup, you know. Um, the other way I fill my cup is, you know, I, I have, I journal, I try to journal daily. Um, I have some quiet time in the morning, which, you know, I can do easily because I live alone. Um, I like to go on long walks, listen to podcasts, I read. So um, when I, you yeah. say um, quiet time, do you mean you meditate in the morning? Is that a kind of meditation? Yeah, I do. I do do meditate. I do meditate as well. Um, so I've set up a little space in my home where um, it's not in my bedroom. It's in my lounge room. There's really comfy cushions um, and I have my journal there. And so I'll do a little meditation practice when I wake up and journal as well um I, I don't get to it every day but that when I do it it's nice to process you know all, all sorts of things that are happening in my mind see I'm know? imagining your apartment's probably quite zen I don't mind telling everyone that while I've been doing this interview with Ada my cat's come in and sprayed on my leather couch and I just had to let it go because it couldn't oh, no. go over and and kick him out of the way. Not that I kick him. Oh no, we don't. No, no abusing animals. Just uh, <laughs> getting upset at them. Um, but that's tough. <laughs> See, no pets. Name? No pets at your place. No, no pets in my Zen apartment. Um, yeah. But my parents do have two dogs at the moment. Um, a black German Shepherd. He's a beautiful dog. He's about thirteen years old. He's getting old now. Yeah, right. I've got and an a old little. Dog. Yeah, I love old dogs. And a little border collie. His name is Chaser. He's a beautiful dog. See, this is why I couldn't meditate in my house. I go for walks because mm. there's with four kids, two dogs, two cats, there's just not – it's not zen. It's anything but zen. So mm. Nikki's always saying to me, you need to do the morning ritual. You know she does the morning ritual. Mm. And I'm just like, there's nowhere I could go that no one would find me. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just not. Look, I, a pointer actually, someone uh, gave to me the other day was they would meditate because they have such a um, big household and a lot going on. It's difficult for them to find the time. But when they would drive home from work or drive home from a school drop off, they'd have some quiet time in the car. Mm. And so they'd just sit in the driveway in the car for five or ten minutes and do a meditation there before they went back into the house. Yeah. I, I so that could be. So much time like I Well, I do sometimes I do a walking meditation. Sometimes I just walk without anything. Sometimes it's listening to a podcast. But yeah, gosh. I love that. So whatever works for you really. And and you know, find that groove and find that practice that really will help recharge you. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're wanting to do right is to be the best version of ourselves and not be so frantic and oh, not you know 100 percent. and when you yeah. say going back to filling your cup up with people so when people say to you when people give you compliments like you're saying you don't have a partner so mm. you know you don't get that not that I don't think well my partner certainly doesn't fill my cup up all the time you know it, when you said oh your eyebrows look fab 
yeah, that doesn't happen in my house. But I think when we get to our 40s as women, we're a lot more comfortable at complimenting other women, aren't we? I think I am anyway. Like I love saying to somebody, oh, I love your dress or what's the perfume you've got on? You know, it's whereas in my thir- 20s and 30s, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, I believe you're right. You know, our 20s and 30s, we were very focused on ourselves, you know, how we looked, mm. how, you know, how we presented outwardly um and then once we get to our 40s i feel like then we become a bit more conscious of the outside world yeah i think less about us i think we give less fucks don't we in that exactly you can say you can say a bit more yeah 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 exactly right and look i've noticed as well in the the younger generations and you probably would have seen this with your um girls but because i work in such a young environment the people I'm working with, they're kind of in their early and mid-20s. Mm-hmm. They're very complimentary to each other. Yes. Um, and it's really lovely to see. It's really beautiful to see. And um, you, you, the, the compliments and the, you know, the positive reinforcement I'm getting here in my workplace is just I'm, I'm really blown away by it and I just love it so much. It's just a beautiful space to be in. Well, remind everyone what you do, Ada. For, so I work in I've I work in I've always worked in marketing my mm-hmm. whole life um, and it's always been music related. So my first job was at a um, music distribution company, um, and we were I worked at a warehouse in sales where we would um, service a lot of the record retailers, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then I got into um, what did I, publicity for Warner Music. Um, And then I got into music television. I was working at Foxtel's music channels for a long time. Brilliant. Um, And so always something to do in music. And my job right now, I'm working at a radio station in Sydney um, and I'm doing marketing. So, yeah, always something music related. I know you had your music episode last week. Wow. it was a car crash of an episode. And I, on the back of that, I have to ask you, I have to ask, did you have a crush on a girl, like in a group when you were a teenager? You know, like Nikki cracked me up when she said Wilson Phillips. Mm. That was her her crush. She she still, yeah, she's still she's invested. She's still crushing on Wilson yep. Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Look, my, my gr- growing up, my posters on my walls were um, New Kids on the Block, Backstreet Boys, Usher, um, you know, and my but, but my first album, my first girl crush on an artist was Danny Minogue. Oh. Um, I think Nikki's first album was Danny Minogue it too. It was. So, yeah, and I met her as well. She did a meet and greet at, uh, what was the record store, HMB Chatswood maybe. Oh, wow. Um, and I met her and then I, my friend and I would just listen to her album and it, we'd pause it and listen to the lyrics and we were just obsessed, obsessed by Nick, Danny Minogue um, and absolutely loved her. That's so funny. So, See, I was New Kids on the Block. That was my first concert. Oh, I love them too. Yeah, I, I had a real crush on that Joey one. Are you a 80s person or 90s person if you had to choose one era? Oh, if I had to choose one, it would be the 80s. But I love yeah. 70s as well. I mean, I was born in 77, but I love 70s music. Um, okay. But I love I love all music. You like everything, yeah. yeah. 
Well, go back and listen to that, everyone, if you haven't. Go back and listen to the, the music, music episode. episode. Oh, it was yeah. funny. We were a bit loose. Yeah. It was a public holiday in our defence. <laughs> uh. So, Ada, second episode. You're the only guest so far we've had back twice. Um, wow. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to use this platform for um, and get off your chest? Yeah. Look, I just, just another really, really big thank you for having me. And I'm so privileged to be the second guest. But, you know, the first time you've had a second person back. Um, yeah. I just, I guess the fi- my final words would be to add that, you know, my life is fantastic at the moment, you know. There's so much love and acceptance from my parents. Um, it's really overwhelming. You know, they've really been there for me um, through thick and thin. Mm. And I wouldn't change not one thing of what I've experienced in my life, um, you know, and moving forward. I'm really looking forward to sharing my partner with them, my future partner, um, whoever that may be. Um, and if you're out there, you know, I'm single. Come on, yeah. girls, let's Come go. Come on, show yourselves. Um, <laughs> But, you know, my brothers, um, you know, my nephews and nieces who have also listened to the episode, um, you know, I'm so I'm so thankful of where my life has ended up um, and the friends I have in my life um, and the connections I've made. Um, you know, it's just been a really, really beautiful experience and I would not change a thing. Well, I think that's a really poignant and lovely way to end the first season of the Your Say podcast. This is episode 30, guys. It's the last one of season one. Um, I think you've made a brilliant point. There were, there were parts of your story that really touched people. And I think it's really nice that you've ended the season by saying, look, everyone is very accepting and you, your family is very supportive and you're in a great space. And yeah, come on, person, show yourself. Yeah, let's go. And congratulations for finishing your first season. I think you both have done such a fantastic job. And, you know, when there are so many podcasts out there for people to choose from, you and Nikki have really picked a lovely niche subject and you have such a beautiful connection with each other. And your conversation just flows um, and that so many people can relate to them. It's been really, really beautiful to be a part of and to listen to every week. Thank you so much. Well, we've got a lot better at not interrupting. So actually, Ada actually suggested we have a wooden spoon that if um, we were interrupting each other, you had to have the wooden spoon and only the person with the wooden spoon would speak. And once Ada suggested that, we decided we really need to pull our heads in and concentrate a little bit more. (laughs) So thank you for mentoring us. Um, And I'm going to let you, Ada, wrap episode 30 up. So over to you. Uh, The materials, no. (laughs) The only way I wanted to wrap this up um, is just to mention that everything we've spoken about in this podcast is just for really entertainment and informational purposes. Um, Don't ever substitute what we're saying uh, for actual medical or mental health advice. Um, There are plenty of resources out there for you to seek that out for yourselves. Um, And please, please, please hit us up on the Your Say podcast on Instagram. Um, and my Instagram will also be in all the show notes, I'm sure. Yes. If anyone has Come any on. questions, slide into those DMs, people. <laughs> slide into our DMs, that's it. <laughs> 
Thank you, Aida. Thanks, everyone. And we'll be back next week with the start of season two.